This podcast starts when I say, hey. Hey. Welcome to Arthur Read Between the Lines, the podcast where we revisit every episode of Arthur. That's Gab. And that's Line. Today we'll be covering season one, episode seven, which is Arthur Goes to Camp and Buster Makes the Grade. We're going to give a synopsis of each episode, talk about our history, and share our favorite moments, first for one segment and then for the other. Let's get into it. So you're starting us off today. No, I'm not. Oh, you're not? I thought, oh, you're not. I'm very discombobulated. I'm starting us off today with Arthur Goes to Camp. Well, before that, we should make a special announcement. It seems Mm -hmm. you have a special announcement every week, but this is a a special announcement. Every week is special when you search for the joy in life. Okay, well, on a different note, we have a mic. Yeah, maybe you've noticed that you can hear us clearly and it doesn't sound like we're coming from um, a recording of the moon landing. (laughs) I don't know. That'd be pretty cool, though. I think our old episodes definitely sounded a little bit like um, your ears were stuffed full of cotton when you were listening to them. (laughs) Maybe a bit, but now we're professionals. And so is my cat, apparently. Hopefully she doesn't um, yell too much, but she does have a habit of yelling. Yelling. (laughs) Yeah, it's also very special. We've never recorded in the same room before, so we're going to try not to make eye contact because... (laughs) Um, what if we accidentally refer to only nonverbal communication and then none of our listeners get any content? <laughs> You're looking at me right now! You're doing it right I'm now! I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. All right, should we get into the episode? Yeah. You okay. started yourself. Yeah. So Arthur Goes to Camp is the story of the time that Arthur went to camp. He and all of his other Elwood City cronies, <laughs> they are all get on a bus and they go out into the woods for a week at Camp Meadowcroak. And on the way there, Binky pulls Arthur aside and says, You can't sit with Francine. She's a girl. At this camp, it's always boys versus girls. And Arthur, of course, bless his heart. He doesn't understand why it needs to be this way. But quickly, it becomes apparent after they arrive at camp and the girls prank them by sending all their underwear up the flagpole. That was pretty good. Yeah. Arthur says, okay, this means war. (laughs) It's a true battle of the sexes for the first part of camp until they have to band together to defeat the neighboring camp, Horsewater, in a scavenger hunt. And they all uh, learn a lesson about teamwork and win the scavenger hunt. Yay. Are you ready for some discourse? I am. Okay, so what do you remember about this episode? Hmm... I remember a few things. I remember Brain reading that comic book. Oh, the, what was it called? The Midnight Ghoul. (laughs) And then I also remember um, Sue Ellen and the Frog. At the end of the scavenger hunt? Yeah. Yeah, when the frog like jumps into her arms. That was a really sweet moment. It was. Yeah. Very nice. Um, Yeah, what do you remember? (laughs) For both segments that we're going to cover today, my memories of each of them consist of one single sound bite. And for this episode, it's the moment where the three meadow sorry, the three horsewater bully kids are walking to the finish line near the end of the scavenger hunt and they think they're gonna win. And they all in unison go, We're number one. We're number one. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah. I think about that a lot to myself. I'll just oh be like, my God. Yeah yeah. <laughs> 
stellar voice acting performance. It oh, sounds so silly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, one thing that I think is worth pointing out that probably would have passed a lot of viewers by as children, because children famously have no grasp on the concept of time. So as a kid watching this, I had no idea how long they were at this camp. It could have been a day. It could have been three months. But th they say explicitly... I forget who says it. Oh, no, it's the... Are his parents? No, I think it's the counselor. Oh, really? Yeah, when they get off the bus, um, their camp counselor, Becky, says, here's mm. what we have planned for the week. So this is only one week that they are away at this camp, which is probably, like, a reasonable amount of time for a bunch of eight-year-olds to be out in the woods, I yeah. think. I think so. Did you have any um, sleepaway camp experiences as a child? Never, never. I mean, some of my friends did, but no, I just went to day camp. Yeah, so did I. I feel like sleepaway camp is one of those things, like surprise parties, that you always hear about on TV um, and forms the basis of the plot of a lot of TV shows that you watch as a kid. But, like, I don't know anybody who went to a sleepaway camp, but I never went to one. Yeah. Hmm. Just one of those things. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> too bad we don't have the experience to speak more on this i always wanted to go to one of those camps though mm. we used to get this um magazine with our newspaper every spring that was like a catalog of all the different like camps in the province and they were all like really bougie like rich kid camps like Whoa. out by the lakes and stuff like that and i would always tell my mom like save that for me i want to read it at breakfast and imagine the childhood i could have had <laughs> Oh my god. Well, should we discuss the premise, which is this conflict between the boys and the girls at camp? Which is, I don't know, a little strange. It seems like it comes up out of the blue. And yet, it's something that we've seen in a few previous episodes as well. There have been a few conflicts in which it has been a little bit boys against girls. Hmm. Like, remember when Francine, with the with the hair day, it was all the, I don't know, oh, I feel like true. the girls were off in their own world and trying to get her to be a part of their, the things that they care about. I suppose, but they never really had any, like... Antagonism? Yeah, like, this is, you know, this is war. This oh, is but what about the time that, well, I mean, there's always been that sort of divide, because when... Arthur called Francine a marshmallow. Oh. Remember the death threats? That's true, the death <laughs> that threats. That was coming from all the girls. <laughs> I don't know. Is that something that you, like, experienced as a kid? Was it really... Was there so much gender conflict? No. Well, I personally always wonder how today's kids would vibe with this sort of premise because now of course we all know gender isn't real and nobody cares right <laughs> right <laughs> well it's true i don't know and i would i would like to see maybe when we get to you know what would be really cool i haven't watched full disclosure to the audience i haven't watched any arthur episode after probably like season let's say 15 i've probably seen like very few episodes from the last like five years or so mm. but I would like to imagine that there's, like, a non-binary character in their school, and, like, mm. every time the boys and the girls are fighting, this one character is just like, I'm above this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I can above see this it. nonsense. I can see it. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. But, like, I suppose, like, Binky, you know, was warning Arthur about this terrible, terrible conflict. 
when they got into camp and the boys were just chilling, it seemed like the girls just, you know, did them dirty, literally. Yeah. Laundry. That was brutal. Right up that flagpole. Yeah, for everyone to see. <laughs> that was a brutal first move. Yeah. But I guess... Oh, I was going to say Binky instigated it, but he wasn't successful. He tried to pour itching powder on Prunella on the bus, but then the bus hit a bump and he poured it all over himself. So that was a misfire. (laughs) (laughs) So the girls really did start it. I wonder who gave them the memo. Because Binky is a year older. That's why he told Arthur, like, I've been to this camp before. I know how it is. Binky knows. But who told the girls about that? Oh, maybe it was Prunella. Prunella's a year older. That's true. So maybe she started it. I would believe that. I would believe that. Prunella, no. (laughs) (laughs) Prunella does not pass our vibe check. What do you think was the worst stunt pulled by any of those kids in the war? In the war? (laughs) I would would probably say the underwear of the flagpole. And also, like, that's the most difficult to pull off. Like, how would you extract the underwear to start and then... Yeah, without any of them noticing. Mm -hmm. But I will say, I think there was one that would have been more difficult. And that was the skunk in the cage. Oh, yeah. How did they put together a cage out of sticks, (laughs) capture a skunk, get the skunk in the cage, and get the caged skunk right in front of the boy's tent? That is really impressive. That's a good point. (laughs) Oh, I guess we should talk a little bit about um, Arthur's big winning plan, how they ended up winning, or why they even wanted to beat the camp and the scavenger hunt anyway what brought them together yeah it's because um well they were up late at night reading the scary stories and then they heard a voice (laughs) and so they thought it was the girls trying to scare them but they ran into the girls and they're both like who is it and they discovered the terrible horse water plot equi aqua did you see that's what their sign says when they were Is driving it? by? Oh my god. When they first drive by Camp Horsewater on their way to Camp Meadow Croak, their sign, it's like a horseshoe, and it says Equi Aqua. Oh my god. <laughs> Is that Latin? It's probably Latin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so Arthur basically gets the, the girls and boys to band together to defeat Horsewater. Yeah, which, again, another um, great example of the perfect writing structure of this of this show if a luxurious fur coat appears in the first act it must be used in a devious plot by the third oh my god because they dress the brain up in muffy's fur coat and um he pretends to be a bear chases the horse water kids up a tree and then the meadow croak kids are like oh you should try to scare it off by throwing things at it and they throw down all of the items they collected for the scavenger hunt and, and brain catches them all yeah and, runs and, to the finish line. and one of the horse water kids is like ma this bear's an awfully good catch but he keeps throwing things <laughs> right after he says that he throws down the shoe right into brain's hands oh my god This was also a weird scavenger hunt list, and the rules were, like, absolute chaos. Because at one point, they're looking for blue sunglasses, and the brain is like, oh, I have a pair in my tent. I have a pair that I own in my tent where I sleep, and the horse water girl just runs in and takes them. Yeah. That's allowed? (laughs) I guess so. Chaos. Yeah. There are a couple of things I found a bit, like, uh, flat about this episode. Uh Uh-huh, like what? 
Well, like the the premise of the conflict, which is like the boys versus girls, it just seems a little, you know, cliche. It really is, yeah. And also, the horse water kids are just mean for no reason. They're just like, they're just one dimensionally uh, antagonistic, and I'm like. <laughs> Okay. They're like, I have two personality traits, lifting weights and bullying children. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and like, they all look like they're in high school or middle school or something. So exactly. That's what I was wondering if they were purposely picking on little kids or if they are the same age and they're just tough, whatever that Built. means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. They're not very um, well characterized, not very nuanced at yeah. all. I mean, I think in later episodes we get to see more sides of them, but just in this they felt pretty flat. Well, I think that the um, horse water kids are a prototype for the tough customers. Mm. Binky's gang of bully friends in the fourth grade. Yes. I think they're even voiced by the same people. I don't know that these characters from horse water show up again. I, I, definitely some of them do. Oh, really? Yeah, hmm. for sure. Like the girl with the bangs over her eyes. That's Molly. That's another girl who was in this episode. That's what I'm saying. No, she was in the lifting weights. Oh, she was in the background. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll definitely see, like, that dynamic explored more with the tough customers. And over the episodes, they um, get explored in greater depth. They get characterized. But it takes, like, decades. It's a long-running show, okay? That's right. We'll be a long-running show, too. (laughs) Oh, we will. We for sure will. We're just getting started. Yeah. Well, how about the the opening where it's like, Binky jumps into Buster's arms. <laughs> yeah, and they both go tumbling into the lake. Yeah. Also with the opening, even before the episode starts, um, the title card, when or not the title card, in the theme song, you know how it ends with Arthur going, hey, DW, and then he falls off and goes like, whoa. When he falls. That was a splash, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was a yeah, nice yeah. touch for this that. episode. Yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. Also, the um, the running tent. Yes, <laughs> yes, that was very funny. <laughs> when they all, like, was that when the skunk showed yeah, up? Yeah, the skunk, that was the skunk. Yeah, so all the boys just get up in the <laughs> tent, and it looks like the tent has legs. How do they do that? Of course, that would not be possible in real life. But Maybe. It was a fun gag. Yeah. This is an audio medium, so we can't adequately describe it. But that's all right. Um, and also, there is one shot when they were looking for things, and Prunella looks like a skeleton. Like, she needs to eat better. Are you body shaming Prunella? No, I'm just saying Prunella looks like a twig. I mean, yeah, that's what her character design always looked like. Really? Well, there was just one particular shot where she was like... You're like, girl, you're not well. Like, the the arm was like... <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, you can, you can cut all of this. Out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think we should move on. Actually, okay, wait. Um, oh. In this episode, we got a segment for, and now let's talk. Yeah, I... And now a word from us kids. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to talk about one thing in particular. Okay. Which is where the kids are, um, they're all describing things that they would bring to camp. And this one kid says, I bring a picture of my friends in case I forget what they look like. <laughs> Yep, I was going to say that too. (laughs) Was that a little bit too relatable? (laughs) And the way she said it is just like, yep. Yeah, for for, for those of you at home, Gabe has a condition where if he doesn't see somebody, he'll just forget what they look like. (laughs) 
Sometimes he forgets they exist at all. No, I'm just kidding. You're pretty good about that. Okay. Sometimes. Just, just occasionally. A little bit of forgetting as a treat. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing... That was literally the exact same thing that I noted down. That was really funny. But it was also kind of funny how whoever edited the segment uh, did a super cut of every kid who said, and I would bring a portable TV. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like five of them said that. Yeah. Which honestly, um, yeah, if you had asked my third grade class, it would have been yeah, the same. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So I can watch TV, which is the same as Muffy bringing a freaking air conditioner. That was wise, though. I guess. And where's she f- gonna plug it in? I don't know, nowhere. But mm. I mean, if if it would have been a better camp, then that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we move on? Yeah. Okay, Buster makes the grade. Da-da! So um, let's see. This episode starts out in Mr. Ratburn's handing back tests, and um, Buster doesn't really care about the test and. At the end, Mr. Rappin's like, well, Buster, you need to stick around. We need to go see the principal. And Buster's like, "Uh uh-oh. The principal says that um, if Buster wants to make it to the fourth grade, he needs to get a B plus or higher on this next test in Mr. Rappin's class. Actually, it's just a B, I think. Oh, just a B? Yeah. Okay. Just a B on this (laughs) next test. But still, that's a tall order for Buster. Yeah, because Buster... Does no. not make the grade. Buster. Historically has not made the grade, let's say. Yeah. And so he's really worried about this. His friends are all really worried about this. And so they all try to find ways to help him study. But none of them prove effective. Until um, at the end of the episode, he pulls himself up by his own bootstraps <laughs> and gets a B+. Plus. Woo! And in typical Arthur fashion... Remember how it ends? Arthur gets shafted. Yeah! (laughs) That little ironic twist that we love so much. Arthur, they don't say what he got, but Mr. Rapper just says, maybe Buster could help you study next time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, good job. Thank you. You make the grade when it comes to giving synopses of Arthur episodes. Nowadays, yes. I have lots of practice. Yeah. What do you remember about this episode? <laughs> hmm. Um, not too much, actually. I think I remember his anguished face when he's trying to study. Oh, I remember when Binky tied him to the tree and started reading to him. Yes. Yeah. Because he's wearing the gag glasses yeah. that make it look like he's awake, but he's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that pretty vividly. <laughs> come to be though like binky tied him up and buzzer's like hold a second let me put these glasses yeah on. i know and Binky's like okay that's fine There's maybe he some... came wearing the glasses though i wonder if you can see through those glasses because the uh, there's open eyes painted on the lenses yeah but it's like you know bus, a... bus advertisements where you yeah. can see out of them that's what i'm thinking yeah smart <laughs> yeah buster spends the entire episode coming up with increasingly ingenious ways to skirt all of his friends attempts to help him even though like buster does want to proceed to the fourth grade but he never seems that worried about it until the very end well he was worried in the beginning he was pulling his ears out a little bit yeah 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 Oh, wait, um, what I remember, like I said, the one soundbite that has always stuck with me is when he's standing on the bench and he goes, 
Nine times nine is 81. And he like yells at this man who's walking his dog. <laughs> I think about that. No joke. Every time I need to solve nine times nine. Oh my God. Every single time. That's really good. Yeah. And I yeah. solve nine times nine a lot. I work <laughs> as a math tutor. <laughs> Excellent. I wrote down a few things about this episode, like how Mr. Rappern's test is on everything. Literally everything that yeah, they have learned says, this year in every subject. The next test will be on everything. It's like, what? That, no way that that would happen in reality. Maybe. And he just says it so casually and all the kids are like, eh. Yeah, all the kids are like, okay, that sounds like a reasonable request. <laughs> <laughs> this goes to show how tough the rat is, right? Yeah. Okay. I think by far my favorite part of this episode is the time skip scenes. Like the... Yeah. When oh Buster's imagining his future. <laughs> <laughs> There's two of them. Okay, wait. Let's talk <laughs> Let's talk about the first one. Because okay, the first okay. one, he's in class. Yeah, he's in class. And he's big. <laughs> he's an adult man. And, and then, and then this, the scene, the camera pans to, <laughs> to old Mr. Ratbird <laughs> with a cane. And Buster's doing that stupid trick that he like did at the beginning of the episode where he twirls his ears around. And he's like leaning into this... A third grader he's sitting next to him he's like this is a pretty neat trick huh <laughs> <laughs> and what does mr rapper say you asked him a question he says i'm gonna try to do an impression of his voice he's like old <laughs> his, his withered old man voice it's like buster baxter <laughs> <laughs> if a boy is in the uh, if a boy is eight years old when he enters the third grade and has to repeat it 33 times, how old is he now? <laughs> oh my god. And Buster's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh. So yeah, what, well, do you know, what's 33 plus 8? Forty-one. Yeah, you got it. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You should cut out the time I spent thinking about it, so it looks like I solved it faster. I'm actually gonna edit this so that you <laughs> say the answer before I even ask the question. <laughs> so then you'll seem really smart. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, and then what's the second time skip scene? The second time skip scene, where Buster goes to see the principal. And the principal is Arthur. Arthur. <laughs> Like, Buster, I have good news for you. And Buster's, Buster's voice is so many too. He's like, I can finally move to the fourth <laughs> grade. <laughs> and then remember what Arthur says? Yeah, he's like, uh, no, but we found a place where you can. What is, I think like nap and play all day. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Kindergarten. <laughs> and then, oh my god, the desperation in Buster's eyes. He like lunges across the desk and grabs Arthur by the stupid by the tweed lapels. lapels. And he's like, please, Arthur, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> yeah, that was phenomenal. That old Buster is so funny. That was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, I'm sweating. How about you? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, let's talk through the various study attempts that the friends brought up. So the first thing they do is they go to Binky for advice because, because Binky's failed the third grade Binky before. is, quote unquote, the expert on being held back. Yeah. 
And, um, and so, yeah, Binky tells them like, oh, the thing that Buster needs is a tutor because I have a tutor and that's how I'm going to pass the third grade this time. <laughs> Gladius's plans. Mm -hmm. So then, <laughs> oh yeah. And then outside the sugar bowl, Arthur says, um, um, you know what we should do? Or, um, I, or like, I know what we should do. And Binky says, we just pound him. <laughs> Good old Binky. Violence is not the answer. Violence is Arthur. always the answer. Hey, oh. violence is never the answer unless the question is what is never the answer. Then it's violence. Oh, I see. <laughs> then what do they do? Well, they all try to tutor him in different subjects. So first, Arthur pulls up to, to help him with English. Oh, right. And, he, and Buster's asleep. His mom wakes him up and says, your tutor's here. Remember? Yeah, yeah, I do. And then Buster tries to sneak out to go to the park, but Arthur's like, no, Buster, we're gonna study. Yeah, Buster fully thought that Arthur's plan was just to um, deceive his mom so that they could go to the park. Yeah. But Arthur's like, nah, I don't play like that. <laughs> <laughs> but then Buster plays him and escapes, and yeah. And then Francine and Muffy, they get chocolates, right? Yeah, to teach him division. Yeah. But instead of dividing them equally, he just um, eats them until... They are in equal groups. <laughs> Excellent. And then what? Then it's Binky tying him to a tree, as we already said. <laughs> and reading to him. Yeah. And there's well, there's also another scene where like they're they're in the classroom and like um they're trying he's doing math problems, but then they find out he was hiding a calculator. I think that's more impressive than actually doing the math problems. Like, how do you hide a calculator and use the calculator? Without anyone seeing. Honestly, Buster put in so much effort into not studying that it is impressive and shows his intelligence far more than studying would have. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it, I think. Yeah. And then he finally... Buster, like I said, he... he of course, like, he's concerned, but he doesn't really take it seriously until Binky says to him, um, don't worry, Buster. Third grade's a lot easier the second time around. Yeah. Or the third. And Arthur's like, well, I guess I'll still see you in the lunch line. Yeah, Arthur literally just consigns him to the gallows. It's like, see ya. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was those cutting remarks that kicked Buster into high gear. And then he went on his own little rocky montage of studying. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Which, again, according to the timeline, Buster spends one day studying studying not even a full day like for the it test is, on everything yeah for the test on everything but you know what i think this proves i think this proves again like buster is very smart he's just absolutely unwilling to apply himself yeah and puts effort into specifically not applying himself or the things he likes like the dinosaurs remember yeah yeah and i think that's relatable i knew so many kids like that in school who yeah. were like absolutely intelligent but they cared so so little for actually doing schoolwork that they simply did not mm. like they could not be bothered because they're like i'm better than this i don't have to do this mm. i don't think buster thinks he's better than it he just doesn't okay fair that's probably me projecting <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah buster probably has like straight adhd yeah, yeah, I could see that. Because, again, like, well, actually, maybe we shouldn't diagnose characters on this podcast. No, but, Diagnosing okay. them with things that we are not personally familiar with. Perhaps. We're going to get canceled. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, no, I wanted to talk more specifically on this segment about the relatability factor. It's not a thing anymore for elementary school-aged kids to be able to fail a grade. Mm. Like, 
I don't know, again, the interesting thing about revisiting Arthur is that it was, like, slightly before our time. Just slightly. Yeah, like, it started coming out in the... Like, slightly before we were born. Yeah. Yeah, and it's about third grade kids. So we're, like... Eight years behind? Yeah, exactly. But even then, I don't know if... I don't know if kids were failing elementary school and going to sleepaway camp willy-nilly. But again, like, these are not... These are things that I grew up being very, very aware of because of the television I watched, but nothing I ever encountered in my regular life. I never knew anyone who was held back a grade unless it was because they had, like, a late birthday or for some other sort of extenuating circumstances. But never because, like, you failed. Like, you got... There's no such thing as Fs in elementary school. Yeah. Yeah. So I just find that kind of interesting that the whole premise of this episode is obsolete, really. Like, it's not a threat that we faced or that really kids face. That's true, but it still feels... I think it still felt relatable when I watched this as a kid. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I suppose there's a very similar concept, such as, yes, you can fail a test, you can... Oh, yeah, there's still consequences to receiving bad grades, even in younger years. Yeah, like, you could very... Of course, you could visit the principal's office if you kept... Um, failing test after test, like I'm sure Buster was doing. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know what conclusion to draw from this. It's just kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, okay, so that's, that rounds out our discussion on the episodes. So, last item of business for all of us here today. Business. <laughs> Very exciting announcement. Another exciting announcement. Um... We are on Instagram! Yay! Welcome to the future! <laughs> um, full disclosure, I had never used Instagram before creating an Instagram for this page. Mm. So I don't know what I'm doing, but we're really looking forward to interacting with you, and we will learn better ways to interact with our audience now using this great newfangled tool. Yay! So yeah, go ahead and give us a follow at Arthur Reed Pod. The classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll post things. I think, yeah. That's, we'll that's find it. things to post. We'll find things. We'll make things. We'll make more content. And post it. To Instagram. That's right. <laughs> well, that's it. That's all. We hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, send us an email at arthurreadpod at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you in two weeks when we cover Season 1, Episode 8. In the meantime, have a wonderful kind of day.